0: hey what it do sports fans welcome to the sports live podcast brought to you by multimedia live i'm Jigeli, jigeliso your host and i will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world we are in our fifth episode of the sports live podcast and we are only getting started when it comes to giving you the best sports content on the world wide web This week we've turned it up a notch and we are bringing you some sizzling exclusive interviews and insights. We all know that it's been a tough sporting month for South Africa, but there's always hope at the end of the tunnel. The pro tears let us down at the Cricket World Cup, but the upside is that we will always produce brilliant young cricket talent. And some of that talent was on display in Pretoria when the SA Emerging Squads faced off against Sri Lanka's Emerging Squad as well as the University Sports South Africa, known as USA, in a triangular series. That squad includes the likes of Tando Ndini, Makayandini's son, Sinetemba Klesile, Yanaman Malan, Reynard Fantonda, who scored a century against USA last Sunday, and familiar names such as Tony DeZorzi, Tladi Bukako, and Matthew Bretzke. I went down there to watch the kids play and I must say I was very impressed by their application to their craft. Although they lost the first match of the series to Sri Lanka by four wickets, some of them put up one heck of a fight such as Tandon Dini who took 5 for 46 and 2 for 41 in the opening two games of the series. Remember, Ndini is only just 18 years old and he turns 19 on July 7th. Myself and Lunga Kupiso managed to catch up with Tandondini and Snetemba after their first match in Krundlouf to chat about the pressures on their young shoulders. Listen to this revealing interview.
1: All right, sitting with uh, Tandondini, Snetemba Kershile, Chigaleso to my left. Um, first ODI uh, between SA Emerging and Sri Lankan Emerging. Didn't go exactly according to plan, uh, but there were still positives to take, I'm sure, Tando.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I felt as if the guys worked really hard preparing for the series. And um, in today's game, we might not have received the result we wanted, but I still felt the guys still played really well. Uh,
1: Snatemba, you were with the gloves uh, watching the game from behind the wicket. Uh, Some will say it's probably the most tiring thing because you have to be there from ball one till the last ball but also it it gives you sort of an advantage one from a fielding perspective you get to watch all the sri lankan batters in how they do but also you get to get a feel of everyone else in in the field in terms of your own side how 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 would you sum up the game
3: yeah of course um the bowling side um as a keeper from behind i think we 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 actually started well up front um I think our bowlers bowlers had a lot of confidence in themselves, um, but obviously, when that one partnership um, got got a got a little bit big, I think I think we backed away a bit, um, gave them a leeway um, to score their runs freely. But I think it's a it's a learning curve from here, um, and it's something we can improve on in the next game.
1: Uh, you get that opportunity to watch Dini running in and how special is that in watching him do what he does?
3: Yeah, obviously I uh, see him every day, um, so it's not something new to me, so I know what's going on yeah. um, and I know what to expect from the bowlers. Uh,
1: Tando, maybe to speak now specifically about your numbers from the game, happy with that surely? Um, I felt as if my
2: work throughout the whole week uh paid off today. But I felt as if there, there are room for improvement in my performance. Might have not been the match winning performance that we would have wanted, but personally there is a lot of room for improvement in that performance.
1: Take five wickets and there's still room for improvement. Yeah. Right R- improvement in what in what section perhaps? Obviously in cricket you don't
2: have the perfect Game yeah. every single game, so yeah. I felt as if it's some moments of the game I could have been more tighter and more economical okay. in those in that sense. So there's always room for you to get better and work harder, even though you are happy about the performance that you put out on display. So I thought, so I feel as if there's still more room for me in the weeks to come to actually improve my performances and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I
0: want to know from you guys, maybe start with you, in Um, What do you want to get out of this f- next few weeks as part of the the emerging South African squad? Because a lot of guys, you know, looking at the senior team saying, ah, not the World Cup everybody wanted, guys are retiring, and now they are op- open places. What do you, in terms of your game, what do you want to get out of this specific period where you're part of the emerging South African team?
3: Yeah, just, um, just obviously not to look too far ahead. Um, just uh, work on things that, that you struggled last season, um, but not too much. Um, and hopefully things do come true.
0: Yeah. Last season you came close to a few first class centuries uh, until eventually getting one. Um, are those some of the things you want to improve? Converting starts? to big scores.
3: No, it's not about um converting um feel that it's 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 all about um sticking around with the guys. Um well if I had the guys I could have converted but obviously the the time wasn't the time wasn't um great to convert. Yeah. So it is what it is.
0: The same question to you Tando, uh, what do you want to get out of this uh, period where you're working with the likes of Shukri Conrad and you're around guys, some of them have played internationals such as Usneta here, and, um, and some of them have played key roles for their for their provinces, Yaman Malans and, and all those guys, Tony Dezorzi, what do you want to get out of these few weeks against Sri Lanka and
2: you, USS schools? Um, obviously this being my first uh, um, series fresh out of school so for me it's it's not to actually try and make a team but for me to grasp as much information I can from all the senior players in yeah. the side and the guys that have played international cricket and grasp from that and also from this series is to get what I can for me to grow and become a better cricketer and also challenge myself and who knows what could happen after this series, what call-ups I can get, what future plans that could come up. So for me, it's not to look far ahead and to actually focus um, on the task at hand and uh, try and bring my team to the finish line. Yeah, 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 no.
0: Um, I think you guys both have like incredible futures ahead of you. Um, do you feel any sort of pressure, uh, or do you feel like guys, you're getting a little bit more prominence uh, now that the World Cup for South Africa is done, and people will be looking into the future and looking at guys like yourselves?
3: Yeah, um, no, no pressure at the moment. Um, there is is nothing to be pressurized about. Um there's always gotta be expectations of you. Mm. Um, pressure is gonna be around. Um obviously being a professional cricketer but you shouldn't be looking at the pressure moments. Um, yeah. so just be yourself and do what you've been doing to yeah. get you at this level.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: How, how do you, just going back on pressure, you know, obviously pressure comes as a result of expectations. How do you get yourself into that space where you say, it's not about the results, but me having a reflection on my game and being set, satisfied with the improvements that I see. How do you get to that space, especially uh, at such a young age in terms of uh, being professional cricketers?
3: Yeah, Obviously, the first thing is social media. Um, social media actually gets to people's head. Um, so, if you try to stay away from that, you're going to be fine. Yeah.
2: Tando? For you, Tando. In terms of handling pressures and expectations, I feel as if, if you know how good you are and how hard you worked, you don't need to really prove anything to anyone, but to actually play the game, enjoy it, and find those small spaces where you can improve and learn. Yeah. So, for me, that's my, my that's my goal. Whereas, when I play with these guys, is to be able to go home and see how much did I learn today, how much growth have I made in the game that we played today. So, in taking home the performances that I had today and what I learned, I can say that I took home a lot, I've learned a lot, I've grown grown a lot today. So, for me, I'm happy with that even though we didn't win, but I'm really happy in terms of that self-reflection and that self-growth. Fantastic. All
1: right. Cool. That's Thank you, gentlemen. Thank really you. Really
0: appreciate it. Now, with the Pro seemingly down and out at the moment, a lot of people are fearful about the future of cricket. With a slew of international retirements expected at the end of the World Cup, like JP Dumini, Hashim Amla, Dale Steyn, Imran Tahir, there are suddenly openings in the Pro lineup. The players that will plug the gaps will need to demonstrate that they can take South Africa forward in areas where they've stagnated, such as how to play spin bowling and how to become crafty spin bowlers in their own right. SA Emerging Coach Shukri Conrad shared his views on SA Spin Conundrum and what can be done to make South Africa's batting lineup more complete.
4: Yeah, look, I I think we've got, you're right in everything you say there, um... And it's an exciting time to be a young cricketer in south africa because there's going to be opportunities left right and center um beyond fortain was meant to be part of our, our our program and he's he's got a shoulder injury so he'll he'll probably be part of that south african a side um and yeah look it's 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 a tough one because generally as a country we don't produce winners
0: you why know? is that? Why, why, is, why uh, is it not attractive?
4: Uh, and I'm not saying that we've got poor spinners. I think we've got some really good spinners.
0: Yeah, Tabre Shamsi as well. Shamsi yeah. is with Dane
4: Pete's mm. People seem to forget about someone yeah. like Dane Pete. There's a George Linder. There's a Keshav Maharaj. But they're all senior guys. These are, 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 are young boys though, you know, so... And as anybody will tell you, the, the spinners mature a little bit older. They get a little bit more street wise. Yeah. Um, so we've just got to be a bit more patient with them. Um, but yeah, I, I still think that we've got quite a few quality spinners in our in our midst.
0: And our batsmen, in terms of facing quality spin,
4: yeah. Look, it, it, it is a challenge. Uh, you only need to look at the domestic record and how well the spinners do. Someone like Beyond Fote and mm. how well he does. Yeah. And 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 some of the the, the 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 problems that our batters face when they face him, and and that is also a work in pro- progress. Uh, but I think it's a it's all mindset that needs to be changed and and. Um, we need to be taking on a, a, a much more aggressive way of playing, a smarter way of playing. Um, we need to introduce spinners through our age groups as well, so yeah. that the spinner doesn't feel he, he's only there to make up the numbers type yeah, of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, So it's, it's, it's yeah, it's a, a host of things that that need putting right. Um, we've just got to be patient with some of these kids.
0: A while ago CSA had this um, spinners academy, but it, it seemed like a summer program whereby it was just to get guys spin ready for the upcoming tournaments and, and the upcoming tours at the ready. I remember guys like JP Domini went in and tried, tried to get there. Um, uh, their their lines and shape or or their technique right when facing spinners. But do we need a dedicated academy? We've got great academies all over the country, one fantastic one just up the road here at Tux, one at Forte. Do we need a dedicated spin academy? Not just for guys that actually want to perfect the craft as spin bowlers, but for our batsmen. Who, Play, if if you look at the the limited overs game, it's yeah. dominated by by, by, by spin wizards. Yeah, uh, no, Shakiba no, right. Hassan is one example, who's, who's dominating at the World Cup.
4: You're right. And, and yes, we have a... Every year the guys go on... on, on uh, call it a spin camp that they go to India. Uh, the guys leave in a couple of weeks' time again for that. And we send like eight spinners yeah. on that camp and four or five batters. Go on that camp every single year, and it's also part of what um, what we try and do during the season, where we have little camps. I have little camps with with guys, right. and I get ex-players in, your Robin Petersons, your Paul Harrisons right, to work right. with the spinners, and and like you rightly said, the batters to play against those against those spinners. Um, but it, it's. It is a massive mindset that we need to change in terms of how we, how aggressively we need to play this. Yeah. And when I talk aggressively, I don't only talk fours and sixes. Our biggest problem today was we didn't rotate the strike well enough, so we block ourselves into a hole and then we try and Go smash our way out line. of it. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, that's all part of uh, of the learning process for these young young men.
0: Thank you. Fabulous. Okay. Thanks, Thanks so much. And one of the biggest bugbears I've had with the Proteers is their reluctance to develop and give full faith to left-arm seamers. Immediately after the Proteus' 2015 World Cup failure in New Zealand, I interviewed former Aussie paceman Jeff Lawson about the importance of a left-armer in ODI cricket. South Africa didn't really know what to do with a talent like Wayne Parnell back then, who could bat, and uh, they've mucked about with Burn Hendricks, who I feel should have been in the original squad list headed for England. I have a real bee in my bonnet about this issue because we have never really given much importance um, to left-arm seamers in in the recent past, although six out of the ten... Uh, Six out of the 11 past Cricket World Cup editions have been dominated by left-arm seamers such as Wazim Akram, Chaminda Vaz, Zaheer Khan, Mitchell Johnson, and most recently Trent Bolt and Mitchell Stark. We've seen already in this year's tournament that Stark and Bolt are up there in the wickets column, followed closely by Amir Khan, Wahab Riaz, and Sheldon Kotra of the West Indies. We managed to catch up to Navas, who is in South Africa as the coach of Sri Lanka's emerging squad. And we asked him to share his thoughts about the impact of left-arm seamers on ODI bowling.
3: I think so, left-armers are so special and uh, you need to have uh, left-armers in a team to uh, create the angles. And uh, they're so special and uh, all the left-armers uh, playing in all other countries are exceptional, doing really well. Yeah. And I'm um, sure that, you know, all the left armers are uh, doing pretty
0: well because they are special. Yeah. Do you have any um, sort of special talents in your team? We have two left armers and uh, one uh, under-19 guy. Yeah. Um, he's playing for
3: under-19. So we brought him here to adjust for conditions. And uh, he has been doing really well in uh, mm-hmm. uh, under-19 uh, during Pakistan tour. And I'm very pleased with his performance and I'm sure that uh, he has more potential
0: to play for the Sri Lanka. It's a jam-packed episode five and we have only just brushed the surface. There's too much sport going on at the moment and too little time. You know by now that if you want to catch up to more up-to-date sports content, you have to go to timeslive.co.za, sowetinlive.co.za or bdlive.co.za. Of course, we cannot ignore Bafana, Bafana. Although they lost their AFCON opening game against the Ivory Coast last week, they redeemed themselves against Namibia on Friday. A couple of days ago, they faced Morocco in the final Group D clash. We caught up with Mark Stryker-Stradum, who is in Egypt after Monday's clash, and he gave us his reaction to the game against the Atlas Lions. Listen to this.
5: Yeah, no, you see the reaction from home. Um, You understand people's emotions. You know, going into the game, no one gave Bafana a chance of a draw. No one. Everyone said this team, Morocco team, are too good. Um, So now to be hysterical (coughs) as South Africans that we didn't play for a win um, (laughs) when we came within 40 seconds of the end of normal time of a draw, I, I just think there needs to be some sense of perspective. Um, I, I don't think people having don't... they? You know, they see Morocco on TV, they don't see Morocco up close, they don't see how good they are. Uh, Morocco against Ivory Coast, the way they played, the way we played against Namibia, um, there just seemed absolutely no chance Pafone could get a result. And yet, there still were some factors in our favour. Um... The fact that the match was a 6 p.m. Kick- kickoff and that it was going to be played in pretty hot conditions, not quite as hot, no, nowhere near as hot as a 4.30 p.m. kickoff, but but hot nonetheless. Um, and that Morocco need, if they're going to win the tournament, they have to play seven games. So they have to conserve somewhere. They would qualified for the next round. They needed a draw to get through to uh, as group winners, which is what they wanted. So they were going to conserve a bit of energy against us, and they did. Um, So that gave us a bit of a hint of an opportunity. Having said that, having said that South maybe need a little bit of a sense of perspective, um, Stuart Baxter needs a a lot of a sense of perspective. Um, Because, okay, looking at the Morocco game in isolation, yeah, so then he he picks a pretty attacking lineup, and you think, wow, you know, he's got... um, He's got uh, Mokocho next to Zungu in, in midfield. He's brought on brought in Serrero, um, so you're actually thinking wow, wow. Now he's picked an attacking lineup. Uh, Williams comes back at goalkeeper, which is good because he's been on form. Um, probably our best starting eleven of the tournament so far. Absolutely, I think it was. Um, and then the first half actually is the best forty-five minutes. And and a lot of South Africans will say, will will. will, will you know who are slamming this performance don't seem to be taking into account that that best the first 45 minutes was the best 45 minutes of the tournament for us. Um, we had the structure back that we showed against Ivory Coast, um, and we had a bit of an attack, and we actually we rattled Morocco to the point, you know we didn't we didn't put them on the back foot. This is Morocco. Yeah, I mean this is this is a heck of a good team coached by Herbert Renard. You can't throw everything at, at Herbert Renard. I think you'll figure out exactly how to to counter that. But we played a really, really sensible first half. We actually attacked a bit. Um we had that structure. Um it was the most polished 45 minutes from Bafana Bafana in the tournament so far. Um we came out in the second half pushing for an early goal. We didn't get it, and Kizer had a, a shot that flashed past the post. And then this is where Stuart's tactics are actually kind of inexcusable. and Well, not kind of. They're actually inexcusable. Um, and this is where Bafana lost lost the plot a bit, which is that suddenly then, actually having Morocco a little bit rattled and actually coming out and almost bossing them at the start of the second half for the first five minutes, then we went into our shell. And then it's whether it was an instruction, if it wasn't an instruction, Stuart should have rectified it. If it was an instruction, it's the wrong instruction. We started to play very, very deep. We started to play for the draw at that stage, and that actually is courting trouble against a team with uh, Morocco's front line, because Hervé Hervé Renard named his 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 absolute full strength front line, the one that had picked apart Ivory Coast, and we we then started to be camping in our half, and Morocco basically having the, the, the space to run at us without having to kill themselves, which is exactly what they wanted, um, because they don't want, didn't want to kill themselves in this game, and they've got bigger games coming up. They just played a bruising encounter against Ivory Coast. They needed to conserve and refresh a bit. Um, and then, um, basically, when, when we finally even got out of our half, and we would then, basically, the support players were sitting so far back that Morocco could just snap back into our half. And and that really really is not a tactic. That that's a counterproductive tactic, even if you're playing for a draw, because at the end of the day, whether they scored in the 90th minute, whether they scored in the 75th minute, they eventually scored, and it was from that having sitting way too deep, um, and the, the the regularity of chances. Um, Barkbu Sufa had already hit the post with a thunderous shot, uh, and, uh, and Yesri had been put through he rounded Williams on the right. He had an awkward angle. He slipped on the ball. He could have scored. Um, we should have, with those chances, actually realized this tactic is not working. We really, really, really need to try and get back into Morocco's half, even if it just attack them sporadically, just so that they can't have the freedom to just sit in our half the way they were. So yeah, I think that's where maybe, um, that's, that's the tactics where Stuart got it wrong.
0: Right, to round up the conversation nicely for us, I've roped in one of Sunday Times' most premier sports writers, Kanye So Chwaku. Chwaku stan himself. Welcome to the podcast, buddy.
6: How's it, does it, does it.
0: Oh good man, nice to have you uh, There's so much that we could go through But I feel like we have to touch on the, the cricket conundrum We Here we are sitting on the precipice Of of real disaster A World Cup where we've only managed Two victories against Afghanistan And Sri Lanka, whom we already beat 5-0 At home, I, I don't even want to Count that vi- those two victories as, as real in a sense And we're the only team that played friendlies uh, Only real contender That played friendlies while the rest of the of, of the world cup challenges your Australians, your new zealand's your Indians, your pakistan's even bangladesh were still in competition by the late stages and here we are an entity how have you made of the world cup
6: um it, it so happens that every country is due a bad world cup I yeah mean, if you look at how south africa have competed since 1992 in particular um in 1992 they were surprise semi-finalists Ninety-six, they won every group game, but the first proper challenge they met in the West Indies in the quarterfinals, they lost. Um, Boom. Again, uh, yeah. s- selections there were an issue. I mean, Paul Adams played ahead of Alan Donald. I mean, if um, in 1999, I mean, probably there was probably the best World Cup squad we've assembled. Th- those were difficult um, batting conditions. Uh, but again, in that World Cup, South Africa's batting didn't deliver. A lot was left on Jacques Cullis's and... Um, Lance Klusner's shoulders in particular and Yeah. again yeah. That's, there was that semi-final for the ages a lot of people take out the fact that South Africa choked in a specific game but um, if you look past what that granted didn't happen, it's still twenty years old and that is probably the best ODI I ever played. So I've I k I, from my perspective, I don't speak on anyone else's behalf. I've learned to deal with what happened in that game, but ah, I look at speak for yourself. Yeah, right? I speak for myself ah, but speak again. For I think I, I think being being a journalist now yeah, and understanding yeah. how, how the game ebbs and flows, I've come to I, appreciate are you, are you numb to the pain or are you
0: desensitized?
6: It's not desensitized. Um I I I I pulled my I pulled my South African self, my South African Okay, so you're from removed the game. from the situation. Yes, and then I looked, I watched the game. Yeah. As as and I realized that was a gem of an ODI. People look at, um, four thirty eight. Four thirty eight was a, a great game, one yeah. of the greatest games for a different. But there was releases. nothing at stake, though. Yes, but if you look at that game in particular, yeah. um sorry to digress, but no, no worries, um, no worries. That game was had everything. It had, um. There's great, great bowling from both teams. I mean, Alan Donald and Sean Pollock bowled out of their skins. Michael Bevan and Stephen were yeah, yeah, yeah. batted out of their skins. Um, South Africa got off to a great start. Herschel Gibbs looked all the money to make up for that drop catch in the hitting league game. But then he got one of the balls of one yeah. day cricket from Shane Warne that pretty much actually froze the team. Gary Kirsten froze with that sweep. Hansie Cronnier, the late Hansi Cronier, got a stink of a decision. The ball came off his foot, didn't hit it. <laughs> yeah. But in one in, in a space of two overs, Shane Warne actually dragged his country back into the World Cup. You yeah. see, so yeah. again, there was a recovery of sorts in the specific game. There were runouts, there were everything. So if you look at that game in particular, if if, if you take out the choke because in terms of chokes, that was a game that South Africa was supposed to win and they didn't. But um, it was a classic cricket game. You sit back and you, you look at some some of the contests we've seen in this World Cup. You realize that nothing still comes close to that. Precisely. Dude, I mean, there, were, there, was, there was an
0: eight thousand word article written on that game, and I read it in probably it less still than didn't fifteen make minutes.
6: Sense. Yeah, exactly. It still didn't make sense to you. And if you look at, there've been there was. Islands heist against England where Kevin O'Brien scored yeah, what still remains the fastest World Cup hundred. You have that very in that very same World Cup, England um chased down, nearly chased down 338 against India. The game was tied in Bangalore. So every World Cup, I mean South Africa played in one of the games of, of the World Cups in that semi-final against New Zealand. So You could say that, yeah. yeah. And I think to if you look back at what Simba Banisa wrote in a column, I think it was two weeks back for City Press. You realize that South Africa have pretty much found every way to exit the World Cup. They've talked, they've played badly. <laughs> the weather's intervened. Is it, is is it disappointing tactics.
0: that we've actually exited a World Cup? Like there was, there's there's been no lightning striking in the field, I think, which which it, I think is was our next trick in in the circus show that has been the At World, World Cup,
6: I think I think in particular we you you reach a point where um father time and mother nature do what they need to do i think everything that happens in this world is organic yeah. Um, if you look at South Africa's ebbs and flows in World Cups, South Africa semi finalists in 96. I mean, in 92, quarterfinals in 96, semi finalists in 99. At some point, South Africa would do a bad World Cup. I mean, if you look back at the 2003 World Cup, there were a number of questionable selections. The cricket played in the big games left a lot to be desired. South Africa, I mean, there was a dropped cat, Brian Lara was dropped at Newlands. you went yeah. to score a match, a, a match defining, what for South Africa was a tournament defining 100. Um, Again, there was a dropped catch. with Stephen Fleming was dropped here at the Wanderers. Mm. He went on to score what remained his highest ODI score. And that was a proper, um, There was, was a pretext a of how... No, it made, I think it was 137. 137, yes, but okay. But and Nathan Astle made... Okay, the rain intervened, but they made a light work of what at the time was a yeah. very stiff total. But also, it gave us a precursor of day games with the Wanderers because that game was three years before 438. Um, And then there was the rain at Kingsmead where... Again, again misread the sheet again so then in t- 2007 Brave Cricket didn't work out um, a lot of people refer to the St. Lucia semi-final loss against Australia as a choke but again you realise that South Africa were handsomely beaten in, yeah, yeah. in St. Kitts where they Matthew Hayden scored what was in the fastest uh, World Cup 100 they tallied up 300 and this thing 380 and South Africa gave it a good first I remember there was um, Ab at the time was a neither hero. They played made a few test centuries, but he did yet to announce himself yeah. as an ODI player. In that game, he served notice of how good an ODI player he could be. He made an, an, a a 70-ball 92. Yeah, yet he got run yeah, out by yeah. Shane Watson from deep from deep finding the target. His his wicket changed um the thing changed the entire complexion of the game and the entire complexion of the tournament. You see. So, and that was probably the one test Australia had because that was one game where they were they had a rabbit in the headlight, uh, a deer in the headlights moment after that Australia coasted through the tournament yeah, and they had yeah. identified that group game as the toughest game they could play and right, they brushed aside right, the yeah. South African. After that, they pretty much coasted through the tournament. Remember the South African, the very same tournament, um, should have coasted in against Sri Lanka in Guyana. Then Malinga 4-4 four four happened. South Africa ended up winning by one cricket, yeah You see? Yeah. And then there was same place providence in guyana south africa lost mm, to bangladesh a mm, mm, mm. bangladesh side uh, there
0: was low we, total as well
6: no just 250
0: yeah we, we, it was at the, at the time at the time for bangladesh yes yeah, and yeah. Mohammad
6: ashraf was at the heart of the betting but four key players who were critical in the game for bangladesh in 2007, yeah. were again critical components in South Africa in Bangladesh beating South Africa. Shakib Al Hasan, uh, Tamim Iqbal, Mushfiqur Rahim, man. Um, Mashrafe Mortaza. Those four were youngsters in their team in the 2007 side. And look at them now. They are the core of, of of this team, of of Bangladesh's team. So I mean, and also again, Asian cricket traditions are very, very different. I mean. They place a lot of emphasis and faith in talented youngsters, and they give them as much leeway to succeed. Yeah, and yeah. and then, and I read a piece um, on ESPN Cricket for where Mark Nicholas said um, Al-Hassan is underrated and understated, in particular with emphasis on understated. As I think an if all round, yes, if yeah, Shaqib yeah. if Shaghi played for Australia, England, or I mean India, or India, he, he would have be been like up there with yes. the Zakalis. I mean, if there's a, if if there's an all rounder in the world. That can punch. Uh, they can punch toe to toe with Ben Stokes. It's Shaqib, There's no Definitely. one else. Yes. Yeah. There's no one yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And what makes Shaqib such a premier all rounder? He's a spin bowler. You do not get. You hardly get a spin bowling all rounder. Yeah. Yes. He's good in his batting craft. He's good in his bowling craft. Yeah. And he yeah. happens to be a very good fielder. So you move to the 2011 World Cup for South Africa in particular. They didn't have a very difficult group. I mean, they, they were the only team to beat the eventual champions, India, in what was a classic... Chasing a 300-plus yeah. score, yeah. Again, in Nagpur. That was one yeah, of the games yeah. of the
0: tournament. They also lost... I think so. Yeah. I, I think that
6: again, again I that, that, that
0: game, you beat India in India. Yes. Chasing down 300. Yes. How, why is it impossible for us to follow through on such moments? And why aren't, aren't we transcendent? like that that should be the game where we put india away like psychologically like uh, australia australia yes. in the in the 1999 uh, um Edge game yes. they, they put us away psychologically in that game you know even though we've become more competitive as a nation against australia because yes. those greats have retired right but it's there it's in the back of the mind i'll, I'll go so far as to say even new zealand have 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 got a psychological edge because in five World Cup um, contests against New Zealand, we've never beaten them.
6: Yes, and we it's love, weird we love, because we love, we love they're, they're the ones that,
0: that, 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 that confirm our exits every single time.
6: Yes, I think I think to answer that question um, again, you live in the moment. Yeah, but it's a question of whether you place too much emphasis on that moment. That that World Cup game in particular was um, it came at a time when. South African cricket, in particular, felt that they were competing on a on a proper even keel with Australia. Remember, yeah, South Africa yeah. in 1992, their first World Cup game, they handsomely beat Australia and Sydney. Then Australia came here, and we actually went to Australia first in 1993, 94. Um, we did reasonably well in that um, tri series, but right. we lost. We took a lead in, in the best of three, but went on to lose the final two games. A trend was at the time, it wasn't seen then, but a trend was starting to emerge. Yeah. A pattern yeah. was starting to emerge in terms of how Australia somehow always find it within themselves to beat Australia. Also, they were starting to settle on a core group of players
4: yeah, yeah,
0: that
6: yeah. Um, would become synonymous in South Africa's defeats. Yeah. Then Australia came in that very same 1993 94 season. South Africa took an early 3 1 lead in a, a best-of-eight series. But Australia fought back to draw the series forward, And then Australia came here in 1996-97. They beat us in the Test Series. And in the midst of what was an ODI right for them, because they they'd lost the World Cup final in 1996, then they went on a spiral where they lost ODI series in Sri Lanka. They couldn't yeah. put a foot right in the Titan Cup. In fact, yes, Shane Warne
0: was in danger
6: of missing out on the 99 World Cup, Cup squad. Yes, in particular. Yeah. Yes, and Australia in 1996 weren't able to put a foot right in limited-overs cricket. I mean, Pakistan and West Indies went to what was the Carlton and United series. They actually beat Australia handsomely, and they competed yeah. in the final to a point where they decided where, where cricket did the Then the Australian cricket board decided that they now need to start looking at having separate tests and ODI squads and they challenged in South Africa and it worked and they yeah. beat South Africa 4-3 in that series so what then happened was we started to get a pattern that emerged where South Africa would win the routine and the mundane games but when it counted and it, it happened in that same tri-series in Australia When South Africa, when South Africa went to Australia that's the idea yeah. where South Africa yeah, yeah. beat Australia in every game in the tri-series, the tri-series but finals. in the finals in the, okay. finals, in the best yeah. of three they won the first one but they lost the last two games that counted so a pattern was developing, and when it came to the World Cup, South Africa should have should have won that heading league Super Sixes game, right, right. which would have confirmed Australia's exit. Herschel Gibbs dropped that catch. Australia right. turner would have been a tough chase should into an them. easy. Win. I mean, and again, then the semi
0: final happened. People will say should have beaten Zimbabwe, which should have avoided yes. uh, Australia altogether. But right, let's let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to 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 the here and now. Here yes. we are, Pro What what's going on? What are the solutions? Because now I feel that cricket, as a sport, as yes. an entity, is at stake, yes. and that the proteas are merely the the shop window. Because I, I, this is my theory about the protest Yes. But, um, after after twenty fifteen, like I'm um, like you, my my, my nervous system kind of shut down. Yes. And I was I was unable to take whatever they dish up at every World Cup. So I was kind of prepared for this. Yes. In twenty nineteen, so now. Um, I feel the pro in the sporting ecosystem they've slotted right in where they belong they are the Netherlands yes right they are the Netherlands they are um, uh, uh, I'd say in rugby I'd I'd, I'd equate them to maybe Wales you know great or the all blacks before the 2011 World Cup or pre and not even that, because because that 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 All Blacks before 2011 World Cup was was too dominant of an entity. Um, to the Proteas have never dominated cricket as much as the All Blacks did in the intervening years before the yeah. World Cup. I'd equate them to Wales because. It, again, Wales. have a stumbling block against uh, the the box. You know, you they will. Uh, recent and they res- the rugby, recent, results- recent results are good. They favour Wales, yes. but come to a World Cup, we know they should have beaten uh, the, the the box at the at their last World Cup. The they should have finals. beaten them uh, in in New Zealand in twenty eleven. Yes. So, yeah, I feel like we've kind of we've slotted in there, and that's our comfort spot, right? Now, talk to me about cricket as it stands right now because we are seeing the retirement of a lot of players that will, yes. in retrospect, be considered great. Still staying Imran Tahir, I feel uh, could slot in that category because now he's our leading uh, wicket taker at World Cups. Um, of course, A.B. De Villas has gone in rather mysterious circumstances or nefarious circumstances, however you want to put it. Where do we stand? How do we move forward?
6: Look, um, the the beauty about having terrible World Cups is that whatever denial you had about your current situation, it puts everything into perspective. I mean, a lot of bets were hedged in terms of what kind of performance was expected from the senior players, and they did not deliver. It so happened. So, And it's led to a lot of people saying that certain senior players shouldn't have gone. Um, Hashim Amla being an example, you know, JP Duvini being an example, but again... Um, you know, it's it's always difficult to predict a lot of these things. Where you feel that if you, if you're not going to pick hash, who who else? Yeah, gonna that's go the over? thing. You see, Give so me someone who was breaking down the door. Yes, and yeah. in, the, in this particular case, if if Riza had an outsta- if Riza handled to out an outstanding um, Shulanka, early 2018 Pakistan. 2019 season, yeah, um, you would have made a case of do we pick this guy because he's in form, or do we rely on Hashim Amla's class? And unfortunately, Hashim Amla's class didn't push through. Yeah. The same applied yeah. with JP, where JP was picked as a senior player and in a critical game, see, in India and England, he didn't deliver. And mm. you expect your senior players to put their hands up, but a pattern prevalent in the past repeated itself. So you ask yourself a question that should not we have backed younger players here, players who may have come with little fear, and just play the game. Yeah. As is. Because if you look at how Rassi Van Etten played, Rassi would sum up the situation. I, I, I've loved You see, how he's he summed played. up the situation he, he's and he.
0: He'd out the noise.
6: He'd, he'd play what was in front yeah, of him. You yeah, you see. Yeah, yeah. So, again, he
0: seemed to be in another planet while everyone else was losing their heads Fair all enough.
6: And, and the thing is, um, Aiden Markram deserved to be at the World Cup because he did the, re- the he requisite. He had the runs. Yes. That, so, that complemented the selection. There is a core a that. Um, that can be worked because I actually put out a six year plan, and someone yeah. asked why. And I said, You need to look past one World Cup edition because the World Cup is not, it may be the ICC event showpiece. Yeah. But you also need to look at the fact that there's there could be another Champions Trophy. There could be, there is the 2020 World Cup. The next 2020 World Cup is in October, it's in November next in Australia. So your next plan should be formulated in terms of when you when you when you do your o d actually not you limited you limited, limited over cricket yeah. planning planning you have these two tournaments in mind right
0: now that on that point i don't want to lose you there yes. um an s a a uh o d i team has been picked and is' going to india it's being captained by by temba Bavuma. Yes. um now give me your thoughts on that because a lot of people feel that Temba has been unjustly done by uh, in, in the South African limited, limited overs team setup because he came in, scores 100 against Ireland, yes. and we don't see him again.
6: I think Temba is a victim of his own success. And I'll, I'll say that he's a victim of his own test success because his test match engagements haven't quite allowed him to play as much limited overs cricket as he would like. Because Temba is a bona fide test match player that is proven beyond but doubt. But
0: why can't we look at Temba as just a player like we do Aiden Markram? That's a why thing. Can't we just I'm, see I'm, him actually, I'm actually getting to that point. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. to
6: that point. Um, the thing with Aiden, Aiden's limited over struggles have actually allowed him to go back down and play as much cricket as he possibly can for the Titans. Right. Yes, and what oh, Timba, right. Yes, and
0: and, th- and and therefore he can actually be, show yes, the he can have a consistent one run
6: that right, that allows right, him to right, put together right, the necessary right, right. run in the time that Aiden has been able to mark himself out as a serious and limited yeah, overs player. Yeah, 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 timba has yeah. been busy playing Test cricket. Yeah, it,
0: it, it kind of makes sense because Timba only got his first first class or let's say hundred.
6: Yes. At back end of the the season that's just ended now, and that, uh, you see, and that's the thing. So it's not like Timber didn't score runs. He didn't have enough of a consistent yeah, run yeah, in his yeah. best batting position with the Lions to say, hey guys, I, I think I may be an option to look at here as a limited-overs batsman. And I think the way that he played for the Lions, for the yeah. high, for the Highfield Lions Highfield in Lions, the Momentum yeah. one Day Cup and in the T20 and in the CSA franchise T20 series, mm, you now mm. realise that Timber now has put himself in the market as... Uh, limited over batsman and people may say that Temer was done by um, again you, you need to look at the weight of if you look at a guy like Riza in particular Riza would say that he was hard done by because yeah, yeah. he did all the ra- the requisite work at every level to to get into where he needs to be right. I mean people look at Rassi and they may say but Rassi hasn't played enough fly, 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 uh, cricket for the Lions but if you look at um, Rassi's work in particular Rassi scored runs in every format for the Lions, he's top scored for the Lions in four-day cricket. He's top scored for the Lions in red in in, in the fifty-over version. Yeah. He's top scored for the Lions in the franchise Twenty seasons and he was them the the MS the, MS, the MS Super League top run, top scorer. run scorer. So yeah. He, yeah. there's nothing that he hasn't done for his particular for his particular teams at every at every franchise level. So he had he, he literally kicked the door down, yeah. and when he got into the national team, he stayed in. So again, there's a core that. Can easily be built. But again, you need the you need cricket South Africa to get the players to buy into their vision, number one. Um, because I I, I actually thought that Otis had a very good plan where the players just cheated the World Cup like every other tournament. Yeah, like just yeah, go yeah, in yeah. there, live in the specific moment that you're in. Because a lot of people have been throwing the word choke around, choke around. Mm. I mean, in one of my cricket groups, I had to actually put guys in line into and tell them. There's nothing yes, choke there, yes. about this. To this choke, you actually have to play well to choke. You yeah, actually yeah. have to get this into
0: a winning position out, to choke. This is outright abject failure. Bro. Yes. There's, not, there's it, it, nothing to choke choked. about it. In fact, it would be a flattery to
6: Yes, to call this to a choke. choke. Yes. Nah, nah. Like I remember, I remember Gary Kirsten said, In 2013, when South Africa lost to England at the Oval in the semi-final of the Champions Trophy. He called that a choke. And I couldn't understand when he called it a choke because they didn't play well enough to choke.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool. Chocks, before I let you go, uh, a lot's been going on and a lot will probably go on before this comes out. But I need you to give us one of our weekly features of the week, the upset of the week and the playmaker of the week stacked with cricket and AFCON which is on the go at the moment um, here are your options for upset of the week I'll start you off with Madag- Madagascar beating Nigeria 2-0 uh, Sri Lanka beating England Let's at the Cricket right World here. Cup Pakistan Mad- beating New Zealand uh, also at the Cricket World Cup and Megan Rapinos no 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 that should be on playmaker of the week yeah so here are your options Madagascar, Madagascar beating N- Nigeria, N-
6: 2-0. Nigeria that is, is that, it? That, uh, that the thing is to the cricket world, it, it's a world cup. So yeah. England beat um, Sri Lanka, beating England wasn't a surprise. But that in Madagascar, I mean, Madag- I mean, who, there's that Chiefs player whose name that we still battle to pronounce. Just call him Dax. Dax, yes.
0: <laughs>
6: Yeah. Um, cool.
0: That is a shock. Madagascar for the upset of the week. Right, yes. let's get into playmaker of the week. This is where uh, the USA's Megan Rapinoe's uh, performance against uh, France for the USA, scoring two goals at the Women's World Cup uh, quarterfinals comes in. Uh, your other options is Jaguar is making their first Super Rugby final. They'll play the Crusaders. Uh, Percetel's men of the match performance against Maybe I set up the Zungu goal. Trent Bolt's hat trick against Australia. Mo Shami's hat trick against Afghanistan. And Baba Azam's hundred and one not out to help Pakistan beat New Zealand. Oh! I have to go,
6: with Jags. Jags. I have oh. to go, with Jags. What's Jags. With the bias? This is rugby bias, right? No, no, that no, no, has no. To. I know. I, I, I like what. That's a Ford. No, boss. no, no, no. it not Um, the US, the women's team, they've been a con- host oh, France still. It's playmaker. Still, still. Two goals. Still, it's... If you followed women's football, US have been a constant force. The first time you, the US women's team came into my existence as a sports person was the 1999, 1999 World Cup. 1999 World hosted. Cup. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. When Brandon Chastain scored that penalty. Um, Again, it, it's, it's just that they... Why they, Jaguars? Look, um, I've been following the Jaguars, um constantly this season. I was at Loftus first world when their run started, they, they, well, that's they, where that's where they didn't
0: they didn't they put fifty on wait. they put fifty on the oh, shots. Ah. That
6: was the week before in that game. They, no,
0: they came back from twenty eight something. They were They're trailing.
6: Trailing. They were trailing by twelve points. Okay. Domingo Miotti came in in the 69th minute. Yeah. Scored two tries and nailed a difficult conversion. And the Jaguars won that game by twenty-two points to twenty. Since ah. that game, the Jaguars only lost one game to the Highlanders. To the Highlanders, Every, they've whited everyone. They went to Durban. They they oh, put 50. they put some against a Sharks put, team. Yes, they put um, a coach and his, and his and 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 the team that consists of his sons in their place properly at home. And the Sharks had just put fifty
0: at Ellis Park against the Lions, so that they put forty
6: percent. You Jeez. see. And ever since then, they have been steady. They did something that South African teams have battled to do. Go to Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. And win there and make it look like it's just passing the shoulder. Last year, they
0: actually won four in a row. No, it was
6: three from four. The three from four. Three from four. Yeah. off the left. If you look at the Jaguars they've done six from eight in Australia and in New Zealand in the past two seasons. Jeez. That's amazing. And then people say it's a surprise that they've made the final. And I also what rugby have you been watching? <laughs> right. Uh
0: Chukustan. We'll have to leave it there, but it's been a great chat. Um, fantastic insights on cricket. We'll definitely be following your writing as we go along. Hopefully, there will be a great future for the Proteus going forward. Cheers, buddy. Shop shop. That's it from me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, Costbox, Pocket Cost, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at TimesLive or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the Multimedia Live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the TESOL Blackstar Digital Sports Department headed by Mninawa Mchana Ndroko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manyike. From us at the SportsLive podcast, it's goodbye for now.